the Links and Locks podcast. podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. Hello, you beautiful degenerates, and welcome to Links and Locks, the Action Network's golf betting podcast presented by Bet365. I'm your host, Roberto Arguello. I'm excited to be joined by Spencer Aguiar and Nick Bretwish as we break down the Ryder Cup from Rome, Italy at Marco Simone this week. Fellas, let's jump right into it. Spencer and I are going to break down our best bets, and then we're going to go through, give the rest of our cards, and brainstorm which other plays we want to bet, and then talk about who else we might want to fade, any bets that we can't make right now that we're looking at making, and then we'll wrap it up and we'll have more stuff online for you at the Action Network and on the Action Network app as tee times and matchups are released later this week for you to check out as we get more certainty throughout the week. But first off, Spencer, what's your best bet for the Ryder Cup? You know, it's tough, Roberto. Like, obviously, we don't have the matchups available. There's, We were talking about this off air. There's that inability to know what Luke Donald or Zach Johnson will do in some of these decisions. We don't have that back-tested to know what's going to go on. In reality, the best bet is probably that I'm going to be that I'm not up at 1.30 when this starts. And, <laughs> and, and that's the problem with me being on the West Coast there. But I will go for the sake of the show. I have two bets right now. I think they kind of coincide with one another in a lot of ways. I will take the safer route for this. And I will say... Colin Morikawa to be the top wild card scorer for the USA. Uh, you can find that at four to one. All right. You like Colin Morikawa. A lot of people have mentioned that at Marco Simone, you got to be in the fairways. And Colin Morikawa, one of the top five in driving accuracy on the PGA Tour. And we know he can get it done with his iron play as well. I'm going to go with a guy who is pretty accurate off the tee as well, but he's also really long in Ludwig Aberg plus 115 for top European rookie but before we get into my bet spencer why are you going with your best bet on colin morikawa yeah so that morikawa play will be against brooks kepka justin thomas jordan spieth ricky fowler and sam burns for me the three most significant fade candidates that i had inside of my sheet were brooks uh spieth and thomas I don't think it's as easy against Fowler and Burns. You know, obviously Burns gets Scotty Scheffler with him. Uh, if that starts going well, then Burns has the capabilities to play more matches. I think Ricky is the difficult one because while my model really likes him, I kind of worry that it's one of those spots where he gets underutilized. It's kind of like that maybe Tony Finau situation where like Ricky pairs well with a lot of people, but he doesn't necessarily get more than three matches when it's all said and done with this. So I just think Morikawa is in a really good spot. I think he's going to be paired next to Max Homa, who's my favorite play in this entire tournament. I'll talk about him more in a little bit of the USA market where I think you can get a good price on him. But uh, my mentality for this and why it's kind of difficult if to decide if you want to bet you know, the US or Europe is, it's going to come down to does Zach Johnson play more Max Homa and Colin Morikawa? Or do we get stuck with this friendship game of 
Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and Sam Burns staying at the party too long because I think that's how the USA ends up losing if they go that route. But I'm hoping that when things start early on Friday, we see Morikawa and Homa out together, which I think will be the case. And then maybe they ride the hot hand if they can just start stringing matches together. And we can talk about this course, how it's grueling. I don't know if people are going to necessarily play five matches here. Uh, that's something that we can figure out as this goes on. But I think it's a really nice pairing for two guys that have a lot of similarities with their game. And, and I think they they help each other in some ways where there may be some deficiencies. Makes a lot of sense. Both those guys really accurate off the tee and pretty complete games as well. We all know that they both went to Cal Berkeley together. So a lot of um, congruence between them. And they played together in the Zurich Classic of New Orleans earlier this year. Didn't make the cut there but because uh, they had a, a rough first day, I believe. But different golf course, different environment. We'll see how it goes this week. I'm also considering betting on Homa, so I'll get y'all's thoughts on that in a little bit. But first, my best bet on Aberg for top European rookie at plus 115. This is a four-man market. The other four are Hoygaard, Nikolai Hoygaard at plus 320, Sepp Straka at plus 320 as well, and Bobby McIntyre at plus 400. Hoygaard and McIntyre, super erratic from a driving distance or from a driving accuracy perspective. I don't think they're going to play that much this week. So I think it's really a two-horse race between Straka and Aberg here. And Straka, really streaky guy. If I'm Europe, I want to play him in one of the first two matches, I'd probably want to play him maybe in four ball, but I don't know that he's one of their best eight players, so I'm not sure that they'll play him. But if he gets hot, he could be a good bet in this market, but I think Aberg is going to be playing more often than Straka will. And so because of that, I want him at near even money of plus 115 here in this market. I think he's going to be paired with a guy who is arguably the hottest golfer in the world in Victor Hovland in the Scandinavian pairing, potentially. I like Aberg's chances of just getting opportunities, and then we'll see who he gets, pa gets paired up against because nobody knows yet. Yeah, I, I think that makes logical sense with it. Like, Hoygaard feels like a, a best ball candidate that you can throw out, and maybe he pairs really well with one of Europe's elite players. I, I, the one thing about Straka that I do want to point out is my model really liked him for alternate shot. Um, you know, some of those proximity numbers and the accuracy that he could bring to the table might be a very intriguing pairing if you do throw him with one of the top guys on Europe there. But I, I agree, it's hard to make an argument against Aberg being the guy who's going to get the most looks out there. And and when we look at McIntyre, like no matter how I ran my model, I ran it for every single iteration of how this was going to be played out. He was the last out of all 24 players each time I ran it for the most part. So I just don't think he's going to get very many looks. So you're probably down to three just based off of that. Yeah, I think Hoygaard and McIntyre, respectfully, are in the, their own tier on this European team, not in a good way. But I think they were deserving of being on the team. And I think I'm optimistic about Hoygaard. Mentioned him on the podcast throughout the year a few times. I think he's got a ton of upside, and I'm excited to see him play this week. But I'm betting against him in this market with Aberg. Uh, Spencer, what else is on your card this week? For the Ryder Cup. Yeah, the only other bet that I have right now, like a, a lot of this is going to come down to trying to find matchups. I, I think there's some really intriguing players to fade that we can get to later in the show, but I do have Max Homa to be the top USA scorer at 11 to 1. You know, you mentioned it a second ago, Roberto, but they played together at the Zurich Classic. I think that was to get practice here for the Ryder mm -hmm. Cup. It obviously didn't work out properly after they missed the cup, but. I'm going to chalk that up to nothing more than a sloppy run for Homa at the time. 
He had failed to post a top 40 during that three-event stretch. We kind of saw him go cold there. Uh, but a lot of that changes when I ran it specifically for this course. My model graded him um, as the top-ranked strokes gain player of all 24 participants teeing it up this week. He got this steady production across the board. It generated that that placement for the best player on the USA squad when diving into playable commodities and alternate shot. I do think he's tied into Morikawa here, who's a top 10 player for me. So it, it kind of just goes back to what I was saying for the Morikawa answer. And I, and I think you could make the argument, obviously, that you could play Morikawa in this market too, because if these two t- guys are going to be tied to each other throughout the entire event, like if you think of a can't lay Shoffley sort of a situation, then it comes down to the singles play with it. But mm-hmm. I was able to find an 11 to one. That was the best number that I could find in the market. And Morikawa was more in the eight to nine to one range. So I kind of decided to split it up. I didn't want the same dependency twice where, I mean, I guess technically if I bet both of them, there's obviously that opportunity that they split the bet together. If they sweep the board and they both win their singles matches, but uh, just trying to find different ways to get exposure to this market. I thought the Morikawa one was a nice way that you remove some of the big guns like the Cantleys and the Schefflers from the mix. And then this way I can take that same approach that I've been doing and this time just back it with Homa at a bigger number. I've got another bet that I'm considering Homa for. So I'll, I'll break that down for you right here. Uh, in the top American rookie market, there are four, four golfers available. Homa at plus 150, Burns at plus 240, Wyndham Clark at plus 260, and Brian Harmon at plus 550. The two guys whom I've narrowed this down to are Burns and Homa. I don't think Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon are going to play enough to be able to win here. And Wyndham Clark, without the driving accuracy, gives me a little bit of hesitation here. So I think that Homa and Burns might play more. I think Burns is going to play early in... Four ball, which is better known as best ball with Scotty Scheffler, his buddy. And if they get hot, I think they could keep playing together. So I see a pathway for Burns to play a lot this weekend. But I also see Homa as a great fit. I like him and Colin Morikawa for all the reasons you just laid out. And for that reason, I'm between those two. And I'm leaning toward taking Homa here at plus 150. I like the 11 to 1 bet. I might take a little nibble on that one as well for him as top point scorer among the Americans. But I'm leaning toward taking Homa at plus 150. Uh, Nick, do you have any thoughts on this market potentially or how you might consider backing Homa? Homa's my favorite play of the tournament, just like Spencer. I mean, going through his model too, it makes perfect sense. He was in such good form. I think mm-hmm. on the European side, someone I like as much as Tom, as uh, Max Homa is Tommy Fleetwood. I want to get your mm-hmm. guys' opinions on him. I know he was pretty solid at Whistling Straits a couple of years ago, um, but I feel like just a course that you need to be relatively long, still just deadly accurate and great iron play and putting. It seems like that fits Tommy Fleetwood, and the guy is ending the PGA season on excellent form. So I think if as much as I like Homa, my favorite bet overall would be that uh, Tommy Fleetwood, the top point scorer for Team Year. What are your guys' thoughts on Mr. Fleetwood? Yeah, I, I guess I'll take it first. Like my model loved Tommy Fleetwood this week. Um, I was surprised with his odds. They've kind of been steamed down, and I and I think that's indicative of there there is legitimate sharp money coming in on him, and I can understand why. The way I'm going to try to get exposure to him is is when the alternate shots uh, get released for Friday, and those teams come out. I mean, I'm obviously hoping it's not Fleetwood and his partner against Homa and Colin Morikawa, but if it's really any other pairing, like if you could give me Fleetwood and his partner versus Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. I would be all in in that situation. So I'm going to be very aggressively trying to find matchups on Fleetwood. 
when they do become available over the next couple days. Does his partner right. matter to you at all? So I know he well, he was with uh, with Victor at Whistling Straits, wasn't he? I, w- I would love to see that pairing again, too, just because it's two of some of the best ball strikers right now on the planet, especially with how good Victor's playing. Would that scare you? Or I, Obviously, I don't know. If, if you had to do that pairing, I guess, who would you choose for Tommy Fleetwood? I would love to see him go back to Victor. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Victor would be great. I mean, if you can give me one of Europe's best players, that would be incredible there. But I would be fine. Like, I've kind of been making the argument, if you could give me Tommy with either Hatton or Fitzpatrick or any of those guys, those would give me two top 10 players inside of my model. I guess the concern would be, and, and I don't think we're going to go down this route, at like, especially an alternate shot, but... Uh, I wouldn't want him with Lowry. I wouldn't want him with McIntyre. I wouldn't want him with Hoygaard. Everything else I could make some sort of an argument around. But then, you know, there are certain players, like if you threw him with Justin Rose, for example, I I would want a very specific pairing against Thomas and Spieth. And I know I keep picking against them in most of these spots, but um, the only thing I will say about alternate shot with Spieth and Thomas, and maybe my problem with that team, which is the surprising answer to give, I actually have a lot of concerns with Jordan Spieth, even more so than the Justin Thomas answer. I do think with alternate shot, though, that is the one part where Jordan Spieth can shine with his game, with the way that he plays. So uh, I would be cognizant of that. Um, I I think they're a very interesting team to take on for best ball more than anything else. And I know that's kind of against the grain of what I've heard a lot of people say just because of Justin Thomas's record in that market. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking to take them on and I'd be looking to take a guy like Brooks Kepka on an alternate shot. I think there's just a little too much of that, you know, alpha male mentality that he wants to play his own ball and he doesn't want to have to share with somebody else. So uh, I don't know if Zach Johnson will put them out. That's obviously where this becomes difficult. We're doing a lot of armchair quarterbacking here, trying to speculate what these captains are going to actually do. And that's a dangerous game to play. And that's why I don't want to get too much exposure into any of these markets until we get a little bit more substance that's put out there and we can get a better understanding of what these captains are going to do. And then we can take, you know, tangible matchups and then try to weigh them against each other to figure out where the edge is. But I guess to go back to the original answer there, Nick, it probably doesn't matter as much, but I would like I would like the right opponents. Like I don't want to be playing against Xander and Cantley. I don't want to be playing against Homa and Morikawa, if you can give me one of the other two, I think Fleetwood's a really good bet on early on Friday. I like Fleetwood in the alternate shot or uh, foursomes matchups as well. Uh, I really like the guys who have the driving accuracy. If we can get a uh, pairing that has a driving accuracy advantage over their opponents, I think that's something that I'll be very interested in come Friday and Saturday when we get these alternate shot matchups. And there are a lot of guys, like you mentioned, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, the top three for the Europeans. Any of those guys with Fleetwood pairs great, and I'll be looking to back him. And when looking at the uh, foursomes alternate shot in the last two Ryder Cups in Europe, the U.S. is 2-12-2. So Europe has dominated. And I think that if you're looking for a format where the home team has a bigger advantage, it's in that alternate shot where every shot really matters, whereas in four ball or best ball, you play your own ball, but you've got a partner playing his own ball too. So there's a little bit less pressure. You can be a little bit more aggressive and not be penalized for it. But in alternate shot, first day on Friday, when there's all that pressure, all the Europeans are getting after you. I think it's going to be tough. And history has shown that it has been tough. And I'm going to be targeting 
Europeans in that specific format of alternate shot, except against Cantlay and Shoffley. I don't want any part of taking them on in that format. That is their strongest format. This year at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, once again, very different golf course, very different circumstances, but they set the record for alternate shot. They shot nine under in their second round and in their fourth round, which was also alternate shot, they shot six under as well. So 15 under on those two rounds. And I think they finished around 25 under for the tournament, 20, 26 under. So they actually played better in alternate shot than best ball, which doesn't make any sense, but they have that chemistry. They have that confidence. They have experience. I think they are a buzzsaw in alternate shot. Go against them at your own risk. If I'm Europe and I get to pick the matchups against the Americans, I would lay my sacrificial lamb or my, not my sacrificial lamb because not everybody's playing. So I played my seventh and eighth players against those two and try to get the other three points on the board. Uh, that's one of my big strategies this week, avoiding those two in alternate shot, but backing the Europeans otherwise. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, want to get your thoughts on if there are any specific formats that you have any inclinations toward betting so far. You mentioned an alternate shot, and, and I've seen the market out there, and this is a three-way market. Europe is plus 150, I think, mm-hmm. to win day one of the alternate shot. I, I guess the only concern I would have with that, with that is I do think the U.S. has two really strong teams that they're going to put out there. The one that you just mentioned in Cantley and Shoffley, and then the one that I keep going back to in Homa and Morikawa. Um, it pushed me off of wanting to make a wager on that just because I think the U.S. arguably may have the two strongest teams in that format. You know, I don't know what they're going to fill this out with. It can get a lot worse at the bottom of this board. And maybe this is where I try to take on specific players or, or specific teams rather than entering into the market. But uh, no, I mean, there there's nothing for me beyond what I have until we get more answers here. I just think that there's there's going to be mistakes made. I can promise you that. And, and you know, maybe my opinion of what the mistake is would be different than somebody else's. Like, they're going to have their own numbers and their own math and their own reasons behind what why they're doing things. If I was the captain, I would have a different choice. I probably would have taken uh, a vast array of different players and what they actually brought with my captain's choices. So, you know, you're kind of at the mercy, depending on which way you want to bet this, of Donald and Johnson, because like they're going to be the ones that ultimately decide this. And until we get a little bit more understanding of how they're going to go about this, I'm kind of just sitting back and waiting right now. I had that exact same bet. You're up plus 150 in the alternate shot or foursomes highlighted on my list of things I'm considering. But given that I am so confident in Cantley and Shockley, it doesn't really make sense to bet on the Europeans if I think they're already giving up a point to Shockley and Cantley. So I think I'll I'll wait on matchups instead of betting that uh, for sums one side to win on the three-way money line. But if we find somehow that that's the session that because you mentioned the hilly terrain of Marco Simone, that the Americans somehow decide to rest Cantley and Shoffley in one of those foursomes, that's the time to make that Europe plus 150 bet. But I think it's unlikely that that happens. Yeah. Uh, I have one more bet that I'm considering making. This is one that our friend Jason Sobel 
has bet himself at Shane Lowry plus 550 for top Euro wildcard. The others in this market include Fleetwood at plus 190, Aberg plus 320, Rose plus 350, Hoygaard plus 850, and Straka plus 850. And I think this one makes a lot of sense at plus 550. I like that it's one of the longer odds. I don't think Hoygaard and Straka, as I mentioned earlier, are going to play enough to win this market or the other European rookie market, which I already wagered on. But Shane Lowry likely is going to start off in the best ball or four ball section along with Rory McIlroy. And if Rory McIlroy and Lowry get on a heater, somewhat similar to how Burns and Scheffler are going to be playing together, then maybe he keeps playing a little bit more than expected and rides the the momentum and gives us a chance to win here at plus 550. Justin Rose, I'm not sure that he's going to play enough at plus 350. And then Aberg and Fleetwood, we're optimistic about, as we mentioned before. But with Lowry at plus 550 and potentially a three-man market, I do see a little bit of value. I think you need a very specific outcome to take place. Like, they mm. will have to win the first match, and it, it is a benefit if he he plays with Rory, obviously. You can say he gets in two matches there and he gets in a singles match. If he sweeps the board and gets three wins, yeah, it, it might be difficult with that. But you're also expecting... You know, Fleetwood, the struggle. I think Fleetwood's a guy that probably gets in a minimum of four matches. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to play him less than that. I, I could be wrong, but um, I kind of go back to Fleetwood being one of the, I don't want to call him secret weapons. We've seen this before with Mollywood, with him and Francesco Molinari and what he can do when he gets hot. But um, I think Fleetwood is kind of their secret weapon, kind of in the same way that Max Homa is the USA secret weapon. If you can deploy those two guys accurately, then mm-hmm. they give their teams a better chance. And it just comes down to which captain actually decides to go that route and play them more frequently. Because that was one of the things in my model when I would run little simulations on it. The more that Homa played, the better that USA's chances came to win. And then vice versa, the more Fleetwood played, the better their chances became. So, uh, I mean, if I was the captain, I would have both of those two guys on either side of their out as much as they could possibly be. I think I'm going to hold off on wagering in this market. And this will be up before the first tee shot is hit on Friday morning. And we'll know the matchup by then for at least the first session. And maybe Lowry and McElroy have a more favorable matchup. And Fleetwood and his partner are against Cantley and Shoffley. And then I'll say, okay, maybe this is worth betting at that time. But until I have a little bit more information, I think I'm going to hold out of this market. But I am intrigued by Shane Lowry. However, I just don't see him playing that much in the alternate shot section. Yeah, it would suck to make that wager and all of a sudden you draw Xander and Cantley and they lose the first match and then we just don't go back to Shane for the rest of the time. Yeah, I think a lot of, once these matchups drop on Friday morning or on Thursday beforehand, these futures markets with the juicier odds than the one-on-one matchups or two-on-two matchups are going to shift, I think, quite a bit. So be sure to check those out once the matchups drop in addition to the matchup bets themselves. Nick, any uh, anything else that stands out to you or anybody whom you'd like to play on or fade once we get some more clarity in the matchups this week? Is it un-American to say I'm probably going to fade Brooks? No. It seems un-American. But <laughs> I, I, think, I think Brooks will be someone I'll be looking to take on again. We don't know the matchups or the pairings yet, but I don't know. I mean, his form just coming in, it, it's limited data, um, but he's not doing very well on live. I know he gets up for the big event. and. Didn't really end the PGA season very good either, so I don't know, but it's like Brooks. It's it's big game Brooks, you know? Like, if, if the crowd's against him too, I feel like he's going to thrive, but 
in terms of like overall metrics and what I see in his golf game right now, I feel like he's just a guy that's going to be a little overvalued just because of the name brand there. So I'll probably be fading Brooks Kepka, just needing to see what matches are out there. I get burned every single tournament that Brooks Kepka plays. And I'm the one that continues <laughs> to give him the bulletin board material where I recommend for everybody to fade him in matchups and across the board. And then he wins all these majors, but I, I will double down on Nick's point. He is the most overvalued. I'll use that word overvalued commodity that's yep. on my board. And, and I don't know. I mean, I guess he's going to play with Wyndham Clark is what we see. We see right now with it. And, um, I do think he's a very strong best ball player. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's something to where he could get some wins there. But I, like I said, I'm out if they put him in alternate shot. That would be a place I would be trying to fade. Well, we know Brooks Keck was up for it. He already got his American mullet ready. And I believe Sam Burns does too. Sam Burns got the USA on the side of his mullet as well. So that's looking <laughs> incredible. Um, Looks like a child did it. Not going to lie. That, that, picture is, <laughs> that picture is not great, but... Yeah, I, I like it, though. The the bullet looked good. We're going to get Nick and Spencer's thoughts on who's going to win between Europe and the U.S., or maybe even if they think it's a tie. But first, a reminder that Links and Locks is presented by Bet365. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. It believes that every sport should be epic. Every tournament, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself... When you sign up today with code ACTION, that's A-C-T-I-O-N, and you'll get $365 in bonus bets when you bet just one single dollar. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 or older only, must be present in Colorado, Iowa, New Jersey, Ohio, or Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms and conditions apply. All right, fellas, let's get into who you like from a side perspective, the U.S. or the Europeans. So far for the tournament on Bet365, it's plus 100 on each side for the three-way money line to win outright, and the tie is 12 to 1. Nick, I'll start off with you. Any side that you like more than the other, and have you bet it? Uh, I'm good. I have not. So I did. Uh, I took your lean. I believe you tipped Europe at plus 180 two months ago, two or three months ago. It was that on one of the uh, the links and lock shows that we did. So shout out to you for finding the value before the teams were made. So I just like for me personally, I can't chase a bad number and losing 80 points. I probably wasn't going to bet this this event, you know, uh, unless it was for you bringing that up a couple months ago. Uh, I just don't really do that that far in advance on in terms of Ryder Cup futures and whatnot, but I just see the USA team. I don't really have like a weak link. Obviously, like you know, Justin Thomas is in a weird spot right now. Jordan Spieth doesn't fit the course grade according to Spencer's numbers, and I, I think I would tend to agree with that. We all think Brooks is overvalued, but overall, like we don't have the the inconsistency of Hoygaard. Sepp Strack is kind of hit or miss. I know he had a fantastic year on the PGA Tour. Ludwig Aberg's coming out of nowhere and in great form, but Robert McIntyre, Shane Lowry didn't really show me much at all this year. I, I know it's home field advantage, but I will take USA just because I think we don't really have a weak link. If our weak link is Brian Harmon and how he played golf this year, give me USA all day. I guess JT's our, our weak link, but he's semi Captain America now that Patrick Reed's not a thing on this team anymore. But yeah, any team with Xander, I'm gonna I'm gonna root for that. So USA. Spencer, how about you? So the last time we had this conversation, I said Europe. Um, I I think it's tricky. Like Nick kind of said it best 
the best the value on this number was when it was plus 180 plus 190 for Europe. That's when you were getting a true edge. This is truly a 50-50 proposition in my mind. And I keep going back to the same answer that it matters what the captains do here. I'm going to say that the one thing that the U.S. has going for them, and I'm going to switch my pick over and say that they end up pulling this off, and maybe I'll regret that I have flip-flopped on this decision here. But, you know, my model doesn't necessarily love Sam Burns, but I do think that you get him with Scotty Scheffler in all these spots. So you mask at least what my model believes is one of the deficiencies. I prefer Sam Burns on one of your bomb and gouge courses. That would be in America. Uh, Not here where I do think you need to be a little bit more accurate. I think one of your weak teams will be Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. I would say that they are the two liabilities. If Zach Johnson decides to roll them out in all five matches and four of the matches, all of a sudden, like I have worries about this a little bit. I think that could be where the problem comes into play, but I'm going to hope that they do the right thing. They play a lot of um, Morikawa and Homa. You play Xander and Cantley, obviously an alternate shot. You kind of can get your best pairings there. Like Brooks is still going to be, no matter what I say about him, he's going to be very strong in best ball. I think he's a nice uh, in piece to have there. But uh, I kind of worry about the singles play a little bit for the European squad. It's that McIntyre and Lowry and, you know, some of these guys and Hoygaard even. Like I think Hoygaard works really well for best ball, but... I think over a singles match, I worry about his inconsistency and what how that might end up biting him if he makes too many bogeys. So I'm going to say that this becomes a situation where the U.S. scrambles on Sunday and they win the singles and they end up squeaking out a win. If you like one team on the singles, one statistic that Jason Sobel laid out in his key numbers in the Ryder Cup article, which you can find on actionnetwork.com, is that nine out of the last 10 Ryder Cups, the team that won the singles match, the singles uh, section has won the Ryder Cup. Significant advantage there, of course, 12 points in the singles, whereas each day before that, there will be eight total points awarded. So a lot riding on the singles. And if you think there's a big edge, might be worth just playing that side. Um, so I think that makes a lot of sense. I, at this number, would lean toward the U.S. I do have a ticket on Europe at plus 190 that I placed 3 a.m. on July 3rd. So I'm laying with that one. But If I had to bet right now, I'd play the USA. I think they have an advantage as far as best overall golfers. But one thing that would keep me from betting on that number, which is why I haven't bet it, is that I like the home field advantage for the Europeans, specifically in the alternate shot or foursomes. And I think they have the better putters. And I think that plays a bigger role than in a normal tournament where strokes gained approach is your most important. But here, you got to be in the fairway. You're going to have to make putts. I'm scared of somebody like Scotty Scheffler making a bunch of two-putt pars, getting beaten when he played better golf overall and would have won in a 72-hole tournament, but that format might not work this week. I do. I am relatively optimistic, I think a little bit more than you guys about Sam Burns because of his putting, but when we mentioned his match play record at Austin Country Club, of course, where the fairways are super wide, not going to be super relevant to this course at Marco Simone. So at this number, it's a pass for me. I do lean toward the U.S. at even money. If I could get the U.S. at maybe like one plus 125 at some point before the tournament, not going to happen. Uh, on a two-way money line, I'd come back on the U.S., but at even money and the three-way line, I think I'm going to have to pass at this point. Fellas, we mentioned guys whom you'd like to fade, players you'd like to back. Is there anybody else 
whom you have any strong opinions on or you'd like to back in a certain format? Uh, I mean, I think for me, kind of just to double down on what you were just saying also, Roberto, it's like when you look at this venue in particular, the one thing that it it does, and obviously, you know, you, you can talk about the hilly terrain and the, the need to hit fairways because of the thick rough here. But let, let's just see, even hypothetically say that not everybody plays and it ends up hurting Europe in that answer there. Like you can't get everybody in for five matches just to just throw out a scenario there. The one interesting thing that my model picked up on is if you take the guys like Fitzpatrick, Fleetwood, Hatton, they were the biggest risers for me in expectations. So uh, Europe has done something correct with the course that they have picked and those three players getting this massive boost in my model over expectations. So um, I, I think it's something at least to throw out there. And it's why this is a stay away for me, because if you're going to tell me that the three biggest climbers are those three guys, and then like the biggest fallers are the Spice, the Burns, the Kepkas, all those players, you kind of start getting this European feel to where the course is just better suited for them. But um, no, I think it just goes back to the answer I keep giving. I, I'm going to be trying to find specific matchups against individual USA teams that I can get those three golfers on. And if I can ever get those two together against a combination that I want to take on, that's going to be kind of where my head-to-head matchups are coming from this week. I love those three. I'm going to play that exactly as you laid out. I love that. To follow up on that, would you prefer betting on those three, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, and Fleetwood in foursomes or four ball or alternate shot or best ball? So my model likes Fleetwood for both. I prefer him in alternate shot. I prefer Fitzpatrick in alternate shot. And I would say Hatton is probably best suited for best ball. I think that their games are all somewhat similar from a statistical perspective in that they're all pretty strong drivers, accurate, relatively long. They all have solid approach play and they're all really good putters. So strong throughout the bag, not the best in the world at any one of those things, but they're really good, just like Max Homa throughout the bag. And I think that's going to be really valuable. And them being at home in Europe, I think also helps them out as well. Uh, one player that I'm looking to back, Brian Harmon. Not sure how many opportunities we're going to have. I'm assuming he's going to be utilized more so in the alternate shot format. So I'm not sure who he'll be playing against, and I'm not sure whom he'll be playing with. But he's somebody I've got my eye on. And the Americans playing a road game, there are no road games on the PGA Tour. However, the closest thing that you could get to a road game is Brian Harmon on the road at the Open Championship this year, commanding lead in uh, in Tommy Fleetwood's hometown of Liverpool. Everybody's rooting for Tommy Ladd. Everybody's heckling Brian Harmon. Didn't matter. He still won by six. One of the most impressive 72-hole performances I've ever seen in my life. I want to find a way to back him at some point this weekend. Not sure what the circumstances will be but I'm going to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I, I'm happy that you brought him up. I don't know if they play him enough, and and that's kind of why I don't want to make a decision yet. Also for the alternate shot, I know we've talked a lot about that format. It's obviously going to be what starts this, but the biggest risers in my model for alternate shot compared to what their price tags would have been, number one is Brian Harmon. So I think that's a great format for him. If you can find a way to get him out there on Friday, kind of think the U.S. has the edge in that situation, even if they historically haven't. Uh, Homo would be second. Fitzpatrick would be third. Sepp Straka was the fourth one that I keep going back to that I think he's actually a good alternate shot name to look into. But um, yeah, I mean, there are certain players, obviously, that are better suited for other formats than others there. And 
if you could find a way or if Zach Johnson can find a way to get Harmon out there for alternate shot, uh, I think he plays well with a lot of players. I agree. I think he's got similar to Fleetwood and Hatton and uh, Fitzpatrick in that he's strong everywhere except off the tee uh, in driving distance. But otherwise, strong throughout the bag, somebody whom I'd like to bet on. And for best ball, I'd like to target the guys who have the upside. But on alternate shot, you want guys who have a high floor. And when you think about those guys who have a high floor, who've been successful in alternate shot, Patrick Cantley, Xander Shoffley, consistent throughout the bag, maybe not the best at any one thing. That's why they've been so successful. And so I think that's why we're going to be targeting those kinds of players. Fellas, yeah. any final thoughts on the Ryder Cup before we say so long for now? I mean, obviously, the, the time frame of when it's airing, I, I wish it was on at a different time of it, but it's going to be an exciting contest. Um, I, I think this is very even. I, I want, you know, regardless of who's winning on what surface and, and what happens with this, I feel like this is the most competitive these two teams have been on an on-paper standpoint in a really long time. So uh, it's kind of truly a coin flip, and I, and I think some of these decisions are going to be very crucial to decide who wins this. I agree. I think these teams are much more talented than they've ever been, which is why a lot of the discussion around who's the 12th player for each side has been pretty heated because people have their takes, people have guys that they like, and a lot of them didn't make it. But I'm excited. Should be a super fun event. Excited to see the golf course, excited to see the matches. Uh, wish it was like the President's Cup and that there were five matches in each segment early on. There are only four, but it'll still be a blast no matter what. Uh, so thanks again for tuning in to Links and Locks. Links and Locks is presented by Bet365. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. It believes that every sport should be epic. Every tournament, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today with code ACTION and you'll get $365 in bonus bets when you bet just $1. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 or older only, must be present in Colorado, Iowa, New Jersey, Ohio, or Virginia. If someone you know has a gambling problem and wants to help, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms and conditions apply. So thanks for tuning in to our Links and Locks Ryder Cup betting preview. We'll catch you for the FedEx Cup fall, and we're back in America in a few weeks. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.